0: and gentlemen, once again, I'm back, it's your boy, I don't care what you call me, Brad, Bri, scum somebody's son, whatever you call me, it's me, and I'm back, and we got another episode for you guys, um, uh, well, we, I'm saying we, yeah, we, cause y'all, y'all participate, um, anyway, I'm back, as you can see by the title, um, and by the description, this episode is basically going to be about my time away at George Hill Correctional Facility. I don't even know why I'm saying their name. I don't want to get them no, no play, but it's about my time away. Why is my phone keep trying to time out? It's about to irritate me. Anyway, we are here. And it's time to record. It's time to to answer these questions. I send out people ask questions. I got some questions pertaining to my time in there and some questions pertaining to just my everyday life. Um and we're gonna dive into those. Um so first we're gonna dive into the questions. Just the the everyday life questions or the general questions about me. Um just to kinda I guess get our understanding on me a little bit more. Whatever y'all wanna do, I don't care. We talk about it here. That's the name of the podcast to begin with. Um So the first question someone asked me was, what inspires you most? Um, At this time, at this day and age, um, the only thing that really inspires me to push and to be better and to do better is my children. Um, They are my number one inspiration behind anything Um, because I want them to be able to have a better life, but I want them to also see that um, regardless of who you are, where you come from, what background you came from. You can overcome and do anything you want to do in life or be whoever you want to be in life. So that is, they are definitely my, my biggest inspiration just to show them that, you know, daddy grew up in, in poverty and didn't really have a parental figure around or a fatherly figure around and Still was able to, to push through and persevere and didn't give up on anything he he chose to do and to let them know that they can do that as well. Um, next question was, what something that overwhelms you um for those of you that may or may not know i do battle with um, anxiety and depression um for me something that overwhelms me again will relate back to my children just knowing that um they're growing up in a day and age where it's a little wilder than it was when i was younger um, nonetheless but um, just knowing the things that i have to prepare for that i have to prepare them for just trying to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to prepare them for the real world. Um, Another thing that that overwhelms me at times is knowing that me as being a a black male, shit can go rye at any time. I can get killed by a cop. I can get killed by somebody in the streets. I can get killed by a straight bullet that wasn't meant for me. So um, That's definitely something that overwhelms me at times just knowing at times the, the time of night I may be out or what I may be wearing may catch may allow me to catch a bullet and i've caught one before but you never know when the next one may end you so just it's just certain things like that little things that that overwhelm me at time. Um there's other things that play into my anxiety but those are the things that that overwhelm me at times. um the other question was what does your ideal life look like um that question is a little more difficult i never thought of a an ideal life or a perfect life or anything like that but um, I would say for me an ideal life would be knowing that first and foremost I am aligned and right with God and doing whatever he's pushing me forward to do um, next would be knowing that my family, my loved ones, my children are taken care of um, and set, they're financially stable, I'm financially stable um, but my family and my children are my priority so as long as they're set my life would be fine. I wouldn't worry about me. Um, as long as they're set, I really wouldn't have any any problems. And I mean set as in mentally, physically, financially. You know, make sure they're in the right headspace, make sure they're healthy, and making sure they're set up to do whatever they may want to do down the line. That's for my children, that's for my family. Like, that's just an all. Uh, next, we're going to get into um, dive deeper and talking about the questions or or address the questions based on um my time in jail <laughs> <laughs> all right. so anyway um on to the next the next questions um questions pertaining to me being in jail um yeah all address so um where's the questions where the questions my bad y'all bear with me um the first question was how was it adapting to prison? Um, to be honest, to be completely honest and to talk about it, for me, it was, it was difficult. It took a while for me to adapt. Um, going in, I had already kind of set myself up saying like, damn, I feel like I'm going to be sitting here for six months, possibly. Um, just putting myself in the mindset, expect the worst, hope for the best. It's just something I do when, when addressing certain situations. Um, when I got there, I kind of was a little more optimistic. I'm like, all right, well, it'll be a <clears throat> a release in a couple days or something like that. Um, then I found out that the PO wanted me to sit until her original thing was she wanted me to. She told my brother she wanted me to sit until the outcome of the case. Uh, then granted, I got I turned myself in. I think it locked up. I turned myself in November 19th. Um, my case was scheduled for to be seen on December 30th, December 30th, so y'all can hear that time frame right there, From the, let alone sitting from November 19th to December 30th is, is something. I feel like any time spent in jail is too much time, but to each his own. Um, but she originally, I was supposed to have a hearing on the 17th. She already told my brother at the 17th, she going to request that they hold me to the outcome of the case. All right, cool, blah, 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 whatever. Um, So I went in with the mindset, all right, I'm going to be sitting here for about six months. It's a probation violation. Um, Now, granted, this is my, we'll say, quote, unquote, first actual prison bid. I say, quote, unquote, because um, when I was 14, I had an aggravated assault charge where I had to sit for a couple weeks. But that was all a blur to me, honestly. Anyway, so trying to adapt. Um, honestly, at first I, I I didn't adapt. It took me like a month or so to actually even start doing shit. Everybody's like, "Damn, you stay in the hut." Um, you stay in the hut, and I'm like, I, I got no reason to converse with y'all. I have no reason to sit around with y'all. Like, I'm not. We're not friends. I don't fuck with y'all. I don't know y'all from a can of paint. Um, so that was kind of my my original tactic. I stayed in. I read my books. I mind my business. I only went out to use the phone. Um, but within like the I'm be like honest. Within the first week I almost got into some shit and got sent to the hole because uh where I'm housed at where I was housed at, it's basically um uh, Philadelphia County and then a bunch of other counties. So Philly, Chester, Montgomery County, whatever. Different counties are housed there, depending on where you call your case at or whatever. Um, I exchanged words with some people because I heard them letting a white person say, nigga, I'm not defined to say that. So, I told them that was some weird-ass Chester shit. They didn't take highly to that. Wanted to exchange words. I currently explained to these motherfuckers, listen, I honestly don't care about fighting or going back and forth with anybody in here because it's not going to elongate my bed. It's not going to put any more time on my sentence because I'm not getting a sentence. So, it may be what it's going to be. So, that kind of had me on lockdown for a little bit because the guards were like, yeah, well, you can go to the I'm like, I'm not worried about going to the So instead, they just had me on lock for a little bit. My family was a little shaken up. Um, I know when I called my brother, when I finally was able to come out of my room, um, I called them and he was like, what the fuck is up?" I'm like, it was just, we was on lock. But it was what it was. But as far as adjusting, it really, it took a lot for me to come out because it just kept seeming like bullshit was happening. I was in the mindset of, like I said, I already had the mindset of be here six months, but it was also the mindset of, yo, I'm getting out of here. I don't plan to be here long. Like I told my family originally it was don't worry about putting money on my books. Don't worry about um don't 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 worry about putting money on my books. Don't ain't nobody allowed to come visit me. That's that's not happening at all. So I don't even get that thought in the mind. Don't worry about money on the books. Just make sure, you know what I mean, my, my daughters are taken care of, make sure that money is sent to them so I can you know they good. Me, I'll be out soon. Um, just ho- keep hoping and praying. Keep praying for me. Um, and that was the biggest thing. But as the time went on, and I noticed they kept bullshitting me and playing around, um, I kinda I had to adjust. I had to adapt. So, I mean, I'm a, a a very versatile person, and it eventually just became like like hanging out. And I and it made me realize how people can. They actually can, where people do get comfortable with being in jail because. It's like being on the block, to be honest with you. You come out, I bust it up all day, niggas chop it up. People go to work, people go here, they go to the doctor, they go to the dentist, they go do this, they go see the, the, the therapist. Whatever they may do, they go to class. Like They do all that there. So I see how people become accustomed to it or continuously come back, and and it's not okay, but it's it's what people do. I know a motherfucker that they said they had just left Thirty days ago, sixty days ago, and they turn around and they're and they're back in jail. And you're like, how, how, or why is this a thing? But it's because they're they become so, so comfortable with it. And that was just, that was one thing I saw in there. Um, the biggest thing I want to say I had to adapt to or adjust to, was, I want to say definitely not, being able to just talk to people willingly and how I wanted to or when I wanted to. Not being able to talk to my daughter every day or every night, like it was it was a lot. That was the biggest adjustment for me. Um and my daughter was kind of cognizant. I did let her know Daddy's in trouble. I didn't necessarily tell her I was in jail. I told her Daddy's gonna be on punishment for a little bit and I'm not gonna really be able to talk to you or see you. Um and when she hadn't heard from me for a couple weeks or so, I finally had to call and talk to her. And once she heard from me, she was fine, but that had to be the the biggest adaptation i had to make which was you know talking to my daughter and things like that like it was it was big and it was an emotional moment for me having to talk to her on the other side of a phone it was it was major it was life-changing and makes you realize how essential things are um next question i received was how did uh it it being your, your time behind bars or your time in prison affect your relationships with family and friends <laughs> Let's talk about that, because um, they say it, and it, it's true. Being behind bars will let you know who really fighting for you, who really fucking with you, who really rocking with you, and who not. And who just, at the end of the day, just going, gonna, like, going forward and, and like, I see you when I see you. Honestly, a lot of people, I, I, I put, first of all, they give you a 10-person call list. I put people on my call list and then phones wasn't getting answered that people, people's priority was different. Now that I was behind bars and it was just like, well, damn, I, I, I see where we stand and I see where we will stand when I get out because that's a, that's a a major thing. Like if you can simply answer the phone, I'm not actually putting money on the books, put a little bit of money on your phone, or if I got money on my books already, I can call you prepaid, but if you answer the phone, you answer the phone. So for me, it was it was definitely it definitely changed my relationship with some people for the worst. But with my siblings, I want to say it definitely um, created a stronger bond, a stronger relationship. Um, me and my siblings' relationship has been rocky throughout times, but it definitely created a stronger bond for us because um, my older brother and older sister, I will say, was at bat for me. Um, they put money on the phone constantly just to make sure they could just to hear my voice even if it was for two minutes real quick answer the phone yo what's up you good but it was it it showed that you know what I mean people will really bend over backwards break their neck just to make sure you good or some people and some people would just say fuck it, I see you when I see you um, and the people that said I see you when I see you and I got out and they saw me they ain't get to see me because I'm not I'm not doing that I'm this is not a it's Not that type of thing. It's not an, oh damn, we was rocking, we was rocking, we was rocking. But when times was hard, you was going to be found. It shows you who's really in your corner at times. So it was a tough situation. Um another thing was obviously the the, the commissary. As you can see, this episode is called Two Soups and the Cheese Squeeze. Um that episode, that 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 phrase, that, that term, whatever. It's a it's a gel turn two soups is what they call oodles and noodles soups they call them oodles and they call oodles and noodles soups in there a cheese squeeze is you can see in the picture so it's, it's a cheese squeeze it's, it's what they use is when you cooking in jails that's the, that's the commissary list right there they got the commissary list you, you get what you can get off of there um, but that shit ain't it ain't cheap but it ain't it ain't expensive either but they charging you up for it so. Two soups and a cheese squeeze is a is a thing. Sometimes people ask you what you put in on this meal. Before you got the two soups and the cheese squeeze, you you may eat, but you ain't gonna be eating the way everybody else eat. Or it's a different it's a different uh dynamic to it. So that's um kinda one of the biggest adjustments I had to make um, was eating. I lost twenty pounds when I when I was there. Um, and that was for a three month time span to lose 20 pounds is major. I wasn't eating a legit. Only thing I was doing was praying, reading my Bible and reading my book. Like I would get up, I would maybe eat depending on what it was, but I, I didn't care for it. I would drink some water, sleep throughout the day. Cause I was still on my work schedule. So I would wake up at night, be up all night, be up till three, four in the morning, then go to sleep, sleep all day. When I wake up, I read my book, read my Bible, pray. It was nothing like, it It was tough. Like, it really was. It was a, a different dynamic for me. Um, do I have any other questions? Because I'm just starting to go on the rant here. And going on the rant is fine. I really don't care what y'all got to say because I'm here to talk about it and you're here to listen. <laughs> and I appreciate you for listening. Um, is there anything else? Um, you, you're going to meet some people. Well, I met some people. I ain't going to say you're going to meet some people because prayerfully you're not in that situation. I met some people that that I rock with a little bit. I, I saw some people I knew in there. I saw family members in there. I was like, damn, it's time for me to go. Once I see somebody, or once I seen a family member I knew, it was like, yeah, I need to, I need to get the hell out of here. And funny enough, a week later, that family member ended up in the hole for fighting on somebody, but punching on somebody. But uh, <laughs> that's just that's just the way it is, I guess. Um, is there much more to talk about? I mean, I'm just going off the questions I answered. If there's any more dynamics to it, then (laughs) if you see me or if you want to ask me on my actual page, you can ask me. Other than that, I think this is it. Um, At the end of this, I'm putting a song just for y'all to listen to. Uh, Just something to to play on your ears while (laughs) the podcast is ending. This is another podcast. I appreciate you all for listening, for tuning in. Um, Two soups and a cheese squeeze.